0: Hello, everybody. This is Pastor Dale Walker. I want to welcome you to our Leadership Podcast. We are looking at how to become leaders that lead like Jesus. I'm excited to have you listening. If you want the notes on this, you can get them at dalewalker.life. There's also a lot of other resources to help you grow in your leadership. Share this with someone if you are blessed. I know you will be. God bless you. Hey, everybody. You're in for a great treat today. we got JT and and Jenny Terrazas, pastors of Hope City here in El Paso, Texas. And I just really was excited for you to hear their story uh, as we talk about building the church from the ground up. They took this adventure and, man, if you know anything about it, Hope City's rocking. God's doing incredible things. Um, So let's just get a little background. JT, tell us how your story and especially a little bit about that that sense of a calling and and how you stepped out on it
1: okay awesome well the background is uh, in 2009 i was hired on at heart for the world as executive slash associate pastor to kind of handle the day-to-day operations of heart for the world to free up dale to focus on the vision and the mission and the ministry uh, of heart for the world and so uh, probably my third year on staff there Uh, just being mentored and trained by Dale, I just felt like the Lord started stirring in my heart uh, this idea that he was calling me to plant a church. And so initially when I felt that kind of seed get planted in my heart, uh, I didn't tell anyone, probably for maybe several months. I just kind of let it kind of marinate and kind of soak in my spirit and in my soul. Uh, and then one day I remember I was just reading a book by Gene Edwards called A Tale of Three Kings. Uh, and there was this quote in there that says, beginning empty handed and alone frightens the best of men, but it also shows you how sure you are that God is with you. And for some reason that quote just gave me the confidence to, I guess, speak out this thing that I felt God had planted in my heart. And so of course the first person that I shared this vision with, I thought God was calling us to plant a church was. Was with my wife jenny uh, because i know even from your experience and just you know hearing you teach uh, that god is always going to confirm it uh, if you're married specifically with your spouse there's never going to be disunity in the marriage in terms of the call of god on either spouse's life so i knew the first step was getting jenny to hear the vision and to see if she agreed with it and kind of in a sense confirmed it Uh, Once she did, uh, then I think several weeks after that, I kinda shared with you in your office that I felt that the Lord was calling us to plant a church. At that point, we didn't know where. We were praying maybe Dallas, maybe Colorado Springs, Uh, and I remember that conversation, you know, Dale just looked at me and he basically says, I see that in you guys, I believe in you guys. And so that was kind of like, to me, this double confirmation. And it really gave me confidence that my spiritual mentor and at that time, the pastor over me saw that call of God in our lives. And so, uh, from that, that's how, you know, it just kind of got birthed and, um, you know, I don't know if there's anything you want to add, Jenny.
0: And maybe, Jenny, just again, this is uh, this was an exciting thing, but there were certainly feelings and fears that you have to work through. Right. And and tell us a little bit about the journey, especially from a wife's point of view and stuff.
2: Okay. So for me, I knew that God. You know, I totally agreed that God had a calling on us to do church planning. So that wasn't really the the fear or the issue. I think my my kind of. Hesitation was more of the where Um, God was possibly going to call us to plant because I already had my heart set on two specific places. Mm -hmm. And so when, you know, our current location El Paso came up, I was like, Oh, no, that's (laughs) not God. (laughs) That can't be God because we've already visited this place, you know, Colorado Springs, Dallas, like five to six different times. That can't be right. And so I know I went through a season of wrestling with God, just like, you can't, like, Mm -hmm. this is where we're supposed to be. I'd already planned out. I'd registered my kids in a school for when they were in kindergarten. And (laughs) so I was already like, my plans are set. God, please don't change those. And so then I just got the reminder of Jonah. And so not like in a horrible sense, like if you don't do it, I'm going to say, I'm going to send some big whale (laughs) in the desert to get you, but... (laughs) Just reminding me that, you know, I want to be in the center of God's will. And if that's not, you know, what my dream was going to be um, or the place that we were called to, um, I just felt like God was calling me to lay that down and to just trust him and just know that he was in control and that he would work all things out. So that's what we did. Awesome.
0: And and I, you can share more of the story, too. But I, I just love the kind of the Hope City and we see your t-shirt for El Paso. And what just resonated as your vision and your burden and how did that come about? And how did you learn to articulate articulate that?
1: Yeah, it's definitely, I think, something that God does, which I think kind of confirms also the call. So if you feel like God is calling you to plant a church in maybe a specific location, I think over time, God is going to plant this love In your heart for the people of that location. Mm -hmm. I remember when we first moved to Las Cruces, um, it took me a while, but then I ended up just like loving Las Crucians and I loved Mm -hmm. Las Cruces. I loved where we lived. Uh, And then when the Hope's El Paso, uh, you know, kind of location kind of uh, came to fruition and on our laps in a sense, um, I wasn't really sure, you know, because my heart was for Las Cruces in a sense. But Mm -hmm. then as we began to You know, began with the plans to plant Hope City and to move back to El Paso. Then all of a sudden, it was like, Las Cruces, who? And it was like, (laughs) the Lord again put this love back for El Paso in me, and specifically El Pasoans. And, you know, it all begins, you know, of course, with that calling that you feel from the Lord. But then you got to pretty quickly, just like Dale mentioned, just have a vision. Like, what is the vision for the church. What are you trying to do or what problem are you trying to relieve in people's lives? And so we just felt like there are so many people that are lost and broken uh, that needed to be found and set free. And so that was our our vision. That, in fact, is our vision statement here at Hope City is to see the lost found and the found set free. Mm-hmm. Uh, but not only that, we, we, we looked at it in two components because we also, you know, the first part is salvation, right? It's the lost getting sanctified and saved and redeemed and their names written in the book of life that's the most important thing because that's the only thing that lasts for eternity, right? right? Not property, not possessions, not material things, it's souls. Yeah. And so that was the first vision is to get more souls into heaven. And then the second part of uh, seeing them set free is because I knew many believers, even in my own journey with the Lord, that once I became a Christi- Christian, I was still bound by the old life, you know, the old habits. And we stumble back into to the old sinful nature from time to time. And I just thought like, that's not the vision that God has for his people. He wants to, to deliver his people whom the sun sets free is free indeed. And so we wanted that second part, not only to get people found, but also to teach them how to walk in that freedom in Christ and so that was the vision that we had for El Paso and uh, the whole four message you know came behind it that we wanted to be a church known more for what we're for than what we're against you know we already know, know the church's stance against certain issues yeah. uh, but not many people know what the church is for and so we wanted to, to communicate to our community that hey we're for you we're for your marriage, we're for your children, we're for, uh, you know, your work life, we're for your finances, we're just for you all around. And Mm -hmm. so, uh, again, you know, the greatest or most famous Bible verse is John 3, 16, and it begins, for God, you know, because God loves us, he did something, for God so loved the world. And so, uh, that's where kind of the four message got birth out of, uh, and also through a mentorship with Jeff Henderson, who wrote a book called N- "Be Known for What You're For." So, oh, okay. yeah,
0: you know, one of the things that you're known for is like, you've had tremendous water baptisms, and you're able to. And I talked about this in our last class, which is how do you have a church that really is for the lost, but disciples uh, the found at the same time? You all have done a great job on that, but just kind of talk about how how you keep those two things going yeah i
1: think uh for us it's just really going back to you know once you have the vision you know then you kind of set the mission and so our mission based off of the vision to see the lost found and the found set free is then our mission is us those of us that are on staff is to be disciples of jesus you know you gotta You got to walk the walk yourself. So I got to be a disciple of Jesus. I'm going to be following where the spirit is kind of leading me and calling me and just being aware that God is moving all the time. You know, he's moving everywhere, you know, but many times we don't see it. So every morning it's like, God, this is your day, not my will, your will be done. Whatever conversations I have today, whatever interactions I have today, You show me what to say. You show me what to do. Uh, And then secondly, off of that, you know, uh, was this idea of, you know, uh, that we're disciples of Jesus. And again, fulfilling the Great Commission who make disciples of Jesus. So that's our mission statement at Hope City, that we are disciples of Jesus who make disciples of Jesus. And so we just kind of over communicate that over and over and over and over again. It's really establishing the DNA of your church or establishing what we would call here at Hope City, our culture. It's creating a culture of evangelism a culture where we're others focused first and so you know jesus said it best he didn't come to be served but to serve and so we just want to serve people and i really felt at the beginning of hope city that if we would take care of the people that god would send us then he would send us more i would tell the staff almost that first year in every staff meeting if we don't take care of the people that we have now god why would god send us more So it's all about caring for the people that you have, and as a church plant, you start small. You know, you might start with five people, and if you just take care of those five people to the best of your ability, God will send you another five. That's really good. And then when you have ten, you just take care of those ten the best of your ability, and then God will send you another ten, or maybe another twenty, because you know, in the kingdom of God, it multiplies pretty quick. That's so good. Mm-hmm. And
0: Jenny is, is the worship pastor here, mm-hmm. and and that works. That's convenient to yeah. <laughs> that combination. But we talked last week about also just the, creating the environment of the presence of God and how worship is key to that. Mm-hmm. And just tell us a little bit about your philosophy of worship and how, how you get people engaged, even those who are brand new to the faith, in, in right. deeper worship.
2: Well, I think that's, too, it's key in... Um, just that's our prayer is that every time people walk in, they would experience the presence of God, that they would come in and feel that change in the atmosphere. And so for us, I know that it's just little things like as we're worshiping, um, you know, you can look out and we, well, for the most part, we try to keep our eyes open just so we can see what God's doing um, with the people in the room. And um, sometimes, you know, services can be different, but we really try to call out things. So, for example, if we're leading a song and I just see people are kind of just maybe not engaged, then um, that'll just give me an opportunity to say, you know, sometimes I feel distracted. Sometimes, you know, I might may have had a rough morning with my kids or something crazy might have happened. So in this moment, let's just take a time and like, let's really go in and dive deep and focus on God. And so then we'll say a little short prayer and then maybe I'll even invite them um, if they would feel comfortable, just to raise their hands. And so when we do that, we're, we're shifting focus off of what's going around around us, and we're shifting our focus upon God. And so um, especially those times when we specifically carve out those few moments within the worship time, um, it just seems to release. God is able to just really um, move in an even greater way, and um, you can just see people just reaching out and just um, accepting the, the love that He's pouring out on them. So... So just,
0: that's so good. Just talk, like we have some people starting churches and they, they have their worship and they're just at that very beginning and you've been discouraged a few times, I'm sure. Oh, yes. But <laughs> just what 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 is the most helpful thing maybe that one thought that God helped you get people going into into the worship that you had a vision for?
2: I think for me... Um, One thing that God just encouraged me, reminded me of, if I take credit for my um, failures, then I'm going to take credit for my successes. And so that really helped me um, on those times, maybe when I would feel like nobody responded and like, oh, it felt like I was just leading worship to, you know, nobody was responding. Um, And I would feel like such a failure and so discouraged. But then God would remind me, like, if you take that time Throughout the week before, if I'm preparing, if I am um, in that secret place with the Lord, if I'm doing everything I can on my own in my preparation time, then it takes the weight off of my shoulders and I can just put that into God's hands. And then God can do what only he can do. And I'm doing what he's called me to do, which is to be prepared and to be ready. And then I plant those seeds and God's the one who waters them. And so... But that one phrase, like, don't take credit for your failures. If you've prepared and people don't respond, you know what? It's okay. Next week they may. God, yeah. you're planting seeds by being faithful to prepare and being faithful to seek him and being faithful to to lead the way for others to look up. So we say we bless God and then we help others look up to him. And so um, that's just what I would That's think. great. Really
0: good. And you all had a kind of an unusual situation. I think there's going to be others this way that... A little bit of almost like a resurrection because there had been a, the church and it kind of it was really in a bad situation. And and I'm just so interested in how did you uh, help some people who had been a part of this, of the old the old group and, and bringing in all the new. How did you keep them all together and how did you inspire them to become a family?
1: Yeah, definitely. It was a challenge because, you know, people do not like change. And so, but I felt the situation that we were walking into where there was already a church here uh, for many years, a great church had great moments and then kind of spiraled down over the years. And we came in uh, during that spiral where they were pretty much kind of down and out. And so uh, to be honest, there were some people who were part of that story from long ago who left when we came in because they didn't like change or they didn't like the the new vision that we were trying to bring, but we did uh, keep a handful of what we would call the remnant, you know, <laughs> of God's people from long ago, and it was just really this idea of honoring the past, oh. right? We never came in and ignored what you or Sharon or or Steve did we tried to honor the past and we felt like if we honored the past and if we honored those who have gone before us and did the the hard work of getting the the ground ready the hard work for years and years and even decades of just planting the seeds of faith that we were the blessed ones to walk in to receive the harvest for work that we didn't do. It was work that you all did before us. And so we took these uh, individuals who were part of the Vineyard Church and we kind of honored them in the same way and included them into like, hey, we're merging in a sense the old, but God is doing definitely something new because I really felt like, man, it's hard to raise the dead. It's easier (laughs) to birth a baby. So I communicated that we're birthing a baby. You know, I didn't try to raise the dead. Jesus can raise the dead i can birth a baby you know i've birthed two of my own well not me but jenny has but i played a crucial part (laughs) in that uh and so that was the language that like hey let's honor the past but we're gonna in a sense let the past lay to rest and god is gonna birth something new and but you know those of you that were part of you know the ministry here years ago we want you to be a part of it we want you to be involved uh you guys have been the one who've been giving for years and years and years and years and so Mm -hmm. we value that investment that you've made and you know the stories just getting started so Mm -hmm. don't don't check out when it's about to get better and it's about to get good
0: and i know you made me feel and sharon feel so honored and we we almost feel like you know gra- proud grandparents just seeing what God's doing, the fruit there, and and you did such a good job on that. And I thank you for it. I, I wanted to really kind of a sto- the story is pretty amazing. Since two thousand thirteen, mm-hmm. and uh, before the pandemic, the church there was what six hundred more, six hundred yeah, people, 600 unbelievable average. growth, and and that's not easy because a church that goes. Uh, as they say, the 200 barriers goes from 100. It has to change a lot in how you do church. Just talk about some of the tradi- tra- transition things as the church grew, what you had to do uh, yeah. to keep it growing.
1: Yeah, I think initially to, uh, to first get it to grow is people have to know that your church exists. So we did our efforts, you know, kind of grassroots efforts uh, with our Hopesters. And again, going back to our first core value is Hope Finds People. So this idea of evangelism.
0: Go ahead and just say your core values. Okay, because yeah. I think you did a great job how you communicate those. Sure, yeah. First of all, calling someone a Hopester. that they like that? That makes yeah, a sense. Okay. That. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. If you give them a t-shirt, whatever. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So, you know, we're called Hope City. So our congregation members, we gave them the the adoration name of hosters, uh, And so we just feel that people want to belong to something. And so anytime you can connect people to your church and give them this sense of value and belonging, yeah they're gonna stick around, you know? And so uh, we kind of coined that word hopesters. And so our our five core values are hope finds people. So again, that's just evangelism. Uh, Every time we do a new sermon series, we create a postcard Mm -hmm. and we hand it out to every hopester and we remind the hopesters, this is not for you. This is not for your refrigerator. Mm -hmm. This is so that you can invite your neighbor, your coworker, your family. So we're really giving them an easy way to share their faith so many people get afraid or timid to like how do i share my faith i don't know what to say and so it's like just say hey join me to church next sunday and give them a postcard perfect and that's it and let god do the rest when they walk in right you know Uh, so it's hope finds people and then hope brings change because we believe that uh, once the lord finds you the next step is he's going to change your life change your marriage change your story change your future change your eternity so hope uh, brings change. And then one of the changes uh, that the Lord brings as he gets rid of your selfish nature and you're no longer me focused, but you're kind of we focused. And so our third core value is hope serves others. And so as part of that change process and that maturity of spiritual growth happens, we want you to roll up your sleeves and be a servant like Jesus. So hope serves others. So then we really try to pretty quickly get them connected to volunteer as fast as we can. Yeah. So, and then from there, we have Hope Builds Community. And so if you're not serving on a team, the other way we try to connect someone is through a community group, which is a small group, a life group, whatever you all call it at your churches. Uh, Here we call it a community group. So we want them connected to a smaller group of people who are meeting weekly for accountability for worship for prayer for bible reading for discipleship Uh, and then our last core value is hope gives extravagantly uh, because we feel that uh, God is the most extravagant giver and he gave us his son Uh, so we can uh, we want to give back and invest into the kingdom of God and we just believe you can't outgive God whether that's your time talent or treasures and so we kind of really use those five core values as kind of our five-step process of how we take a new person, a first-time visitor, and we want to run them through our core values, you know?
0: you know. So kind of going back, the growth came, first of all, making sure everybody knew who you were in the community and then yes. having a process, something like yes. that.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Having a process. And then, of course, you know, getting the word out in the community. We were doing that by our hopesters, kind of ground roots, inviting people, and also just leveraging
0: social media, you know, I mean. Yeah. Please talk more about that because you all have done such a great job getting, Uh, your awareness and even somehow Chick-fil-A fits into that. I don't know, talk about that. (laughs) Yeah, so
1: I mean that goes back to the vision of the church, right, I had the vision of the lost found, the found set free, disciples of Jesus who make disciples of Jesus, we have our five core values, but what is the feeling, or again, the word is culture, what is the culture I wanted people to feel the first time they walked in through our doors? And so Mm -hmm. I just felt, you know, from kind of a a business perspective, who does a great job in the world of making people feel valued? Mm -hmm. Chick-fil-A, right? right. You go into Chick-fil-A, it's so personal, it's so friendly, it's so fast. Just, uh, they're known, you know, their food is amazing, but Chick-fil-A is more known for their guest services. And so I just connected with the local Chick-fil-A here Um, and reached out to them and built a relationship with them. And then over time they moved their marketing headquarters to Hope City. So they actually have an office here (sighs) at Hope City. So at any moment I can just peek my head in the office or if she's not here, her name is Christy Ramirez, just text her, or give her a call. Uh, And so we just wanted to be, and I communicated that to the staff. I communicated that to our Hopesters that we wanna be the Chick fil A <laughs> and the Ritz Carlton of churches, because Ritz Carlton is another high end hotel that's known for guest services. So I read every Chick fil A book, I read every Ritz Carlton book, I stole their ideas, <laughs> implemented into the culture of Hope City in terms of our guest services, uh, so that when you walk into Hope City, it almost feels like you walked into a Ritz Carlton or a Chick fil A. Isn't
0: that good? <laughs> and so, you even have—I don't—I forget the right title—the community community yeah, uh, community, community relations, relations ambassador. Ambassador, and I think that's brilliant. Just talk about what she does and what that's all
1: about. Yeah, we have a community relations ambassador. Her name is Tina Eragon, uh, and she is amazing. Uh, her background was kind of nonprofit work and fundraising, and so she was used to being out in the community, uh, you know, working with other nonprofits and working with other local businesses and asking for donations to these nonprofits. So she already came with a great skill set. So we just kind of gave her a a job description that we want you uh, to get the word out about Hope City. Specifically, if anyone lives in Northeast El Paso and if they think about a church in Northeast El Paso, I want Hope City to come in everyone's mind first. So that that's basically her job description, that I want to be able to go to anybody in El Paso, whether they come here or not and say, have you heard about Hope City or tell me a church in northeast El Paso. And if Tina's doing her job right, they better say Hope City. (laughs) So um, but yeah, you know, part of this is really surrounding yourself with great people. That's true. And so I think, you know, Jenny and I couldn't have done this alone. So, we, God has brought us an amazing staff, and so... Uh, and,
0: and that happened through a lot of prayer, I'm sure. Oh <laughs> yeah, it's,
1: it's prayer, it's discernment, it's just having a, um, you know, a good process of interviewing candidates to become staff. Here at Hope City, we kind of stole the Dave Ramsey terminology that we hire eagles. Uh, So we want to hire the Eagles here and not the donkeys. (laughs) And so we kind of run them through this seven-step interview process. And so we kind of really put them through the ringer. But once they know they're hired, you know, we just kind of let them loose. We give them a simple job description. I try not to micromanage them. And, you know, you can do your job
0: better than I can do it. So... Go and do it. so good. So talk a little bit about the social media and and again, even things like your outreaches, runs and other things, it all kind of helps create uh, an awareness in the community.
1: Yeah, I think because of social media, uh, I don't know what the statistics are or who said it or the research, but someone once said that someone's gonna check out your church first, either on your church website or on social media before they will walk into your building. Yeah. And so really, we treat our website and our social media as our front door. Wow! That's right? So Many churches good. just think the front door is the front door to yeah. when they're here, but the front door is actually happening weeks, maybe even months before they even step into your building. Um, and so we just leverage social media. And so social media, we try try to treat it like a conversation. It's not just, us communicating information 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 again it's another connection point where we want people to feel a sense of belonging so and what
0: I love about it especially if you're a church planner and you know when I planted churches I went and knocked down doors and yeah. uh, it's a long journey but you're able to uh, to really talk to a lot of people real quickly
1: yes mm-hmm. yeah and we just try to add value to people so sometimes you know like on Wednesdays, we have something called Worship Wednesdays. So on social media, we'll post a, a worship song. Uh, Jenny in the morning at 8.31, based off of Romans 8.31. We'll do a 8.31 devotion on our Hope City Facebook stream, and she'll lead a worship song. And so it's just kind of thinking, instead of thinking from Sunday to Sunday, it's thinking every day of the week. We want to have a connection with people. Every day of the week, we want to connect somehow with our Hopesters or somehow with our
0: community through social media. Wow, that is so brilliant. And I, I I really encourage that. Even if you're in the Philippines, that would work great. Or Definitely. Anywhere. It's yeah. a lot cheaper than buying a sign or, or something like that. Yes. Every day. Say that again. Just the conversation you're having with your community. So what are a few things you would post? Just give people an idea.
1: Yeah, a few things that we would post is, you know, we have our main Hope City page. We have our Hope City Students page. They have a separate one. And we have our Hope City Kids page that has a separate social media page. So each of them is are posting different contents. Our main Hope City page is mainly posting uh, kind of scriptures, verses, uh, the Worship Wednesday Song of the Week. Um, We do post information, any highlights or news that we need to get out, but a lot of it is just conversation, and we just make sure that our social media manager, who's Liz, Uh, that every day she's logging on and she's responding to people. Uh, One of the phrases we say at Hope City is that every story matters. Mm -hmm. And so if someone emails you, their email matters. If someone texts you, their text matters. If someone calls you, their phone call matters. And so we have a habit of you've got to connect back with someone within 24 hours. It's our 24-hour rule because if we say every story matters, so does their text and their phone calls and their emails and their social media posts. So we try to follow our hopesters as well and if they post like a picture of their own personal birthday celebration their wedding anniversary we make sure as hope city we're commenting like happy anniversary Mm -hmm. happy birthday to your child we're praying for Uh you god uh bless you so it's not just again just one-way communication we're trying to have a communication through social media
0: two other questions about that one how how did you strategically think about your community. For example, there's Fort Bliss, there's other things. What What is in your mind as you think about Northeast El Paso? And also just how, how what, what is it that people say when they come to your church? Why they came? What, what are some of those kind of comments you get?
2: Um, I think most of the people that we talk to have come, either they did see something on social media or they were invited by somebody. And I think that's where the postcards Postcard, yeah. come back into play, that personal invitation. Um, really does mean a lot. And when they walk in, they come back. they usually they say they come back because they felt so welcomed. Yeah. And so again, I think that's part of also of the, creating the culture with your volunteers um, because if they're showing the love to those first time guests, then they're gonna want to come back. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I'll let you take over from there.
0: And comment also just just things like you've done races, you've done things that are really community mm-hmm. kind of oriented. Yeah, I, I once heard
1: and forgive me, I don't remember the pastor who said it, but you know, I stole it as my own quote. But you know, what I say is, you know, we're not just trying to build a church, we're trying to bless a community. Oh, good. And so that's really the mentality. Every day when we come into work, we're not just trying to build Hope City. We're trying to figure out how we can bless El Paso community. Um, and so, you know, we just felt doing a, you know, lots of other nonprofits and organizations, they do a 5K mm-hmm. run. So we just thought like, hey, let's just do a 5K run. You know, one, it's gonna get our hopesters kind of motivated to get into shape, to walk three miles or to run three miles. It's gonna create a great family experience for, for families and, you know, to bond on, on a Saturday morning and do this fun run and fun so walk. Good, but yeah. at the same time, it's raising funds for a good cause. And, so we used, and it's the
0: cause of another nonprofit in the yeah, community. Yeah, so we use
1: the funds to really pour back into other local nonprofits in the community. No, so really uh, we didn't wanna, in a sense, recreate the ministry wheel and have a food pantry at Hope City or a clothing ministry at Hope City or a drug or alcohol kind of program at Hope City. Rather, we wanted to support those in the city who are already doing a great job addressing homelessness, who's doing a great job addressing uh, the hunger situation, who's doing a great job helping, you know, addicts recover and become set free. And so we looked for nonprofits that were doing a great job in those areas, some faith-based, some not faith-based. But we just wanted to come alongside them and say, hey, we see you guys. We believe you guys we're for you guys and so you know from time to time we'll send volunteers there to go serve or we'll give them a monthly kind of compassion offering
0: sorry so many questions but you also have influenced the high school and and that's something that's real renowned for that and so i wanted you to comment on youth and then also just how did the fact that you were from military families fit this community and anything about that just was kind of interesting All right, I'll do the high school, you can do the military families. So
1: for the high school, again, we just look for organizations uh, that were already in public high schools. And so we found and heard of an organization called Youth for Christ. Uh, So maybe there's a Youth for Christ in your region or area or country, you can kind of look that in. I think they are international. Uh, So we partnered with Youth for Christ because they already did the legwork with the school districts at the central office to allow us to establish a club in the public schools. So we came under the covering or the umbrella uh, of Youth for Christ, but Hope City sponsors that club. So we sponsor Parkland High School and Parkland Middle School, the two schools that are closest to our church. And so we provide pizza. Wednesdays, it was Parkland Middle School. Thursdays, it was Parkland High School. Uh, And because it is a club on the school campus, there has to be teacher sponsors so there's you know christian teachers out there who are willing to sponsor a christian club Uh, none of the teachers except for one at parkland high school come to hope city Mm -hmm. the other teachers go to different churches in the city but they have a heart for students and a heart for jesus and so they allow us to come in there we bring pizza and we do a bible study during their lunch hour and it's just you know exploded again that's what i heard just exploded Um, because we just have fun and you know who can refuse free pizza
0: that's so exciting
1: (laughs) i love it yeah you want to talk about military
2: yeah so military so i am an army brat my dad was in the army for 20 years and so we did a lot of moving and traveling around and so i know for us what it felt like when we moved to a new place we'd want to jump in find that church and get plugged in right away and start serving and so um, i know for us that has been the case with our military families when they come in you know just getting them plugged in getting them connected right away um we've actually done some um what would you call that when we go on to fort bliss when they have the new soldiers coming in
1: yeah they have but there's like a yeah every year like, they have it's called destination el paso and so yeah. every year when there's a new i guess the word would be cohort of soldiers coming into fort bliss they kind of do a community event um, and you can purchase kind of table space to be there. So and so they kind of introduce the soldiers to the El Paso community, talk about some of the local businesses in the El Paso community. And and so it's a little bit of a marketing investment for yeah. us to purchase a table, but then we're in there and it's just basically like an outdoor market building. and all these soldiers, including their spouses and kids, just go table to just table. A lot of them are restaurants that give out free samples. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're giving out Jesus, you know? Yeah. So we just invite <laughs> people to church. We, we give them it. a postcard introduce ourselves so
0: and and just go as far as it is important as you're planting to look at your own history who you are what you naturally connect with and uh, be aware because God put that in you for a purpose and you have a gift probably to reach military families that maybe others wouldn't would you agree with that
2: (laughs) yeah I mean I think it's the same thing of creating community for them um because that's what they long for. I know that when they come into an environment, again, and like, you know, a lot of them are new to the area. And so when they're able to get plugged into a church right away, um, we're able to get them to where they can start having a mommy's group, where they can start connections for their kids um, and things like that. Um, I'm trying to think of. I know that we had several people like on worship team. So we say we have like a love-hate relationship with the military because <laughs> we love our military families. But then, of course, they have they to leave. Go, and so it is a very unique situation to where we'll have a lot of families come in. Um, and so our numbers will grow. But then, you know, those those ones will leave. And so they'll leave holes. Like I know I, for, for me personally on the worship team, I had really amazing, amazing worship team members who are military, and then they have to leave. And so it leaves a big hole for a while, but God's always faithful and more people will come in. And so I think it's just like a revolving door. And um, again, what they need and what they want is that connection piece, because most of the time military families, when they come in, they know they're only there for a short season. And so they do want to get dive right in and start serving. Um, can you think of anything else that you think you want so to So you
0: kind control? of remove barriers to how long it takes to plug in.
2: A little bit once we, yeah for, like for example for me with the worship team we have um a six month p- time period where you have to have been attending hope city um but as i get to know some of the military families if you know some of those kind of barriers might be removed a little bit yeah. for me just in getting in plugged into different places quicker
1: yeah, yeah i think each ministry area because of Uh, who they work with you know obviously kids church is working with with minors and children student ministry is working with you know middle school and high school students so every minister has their own i guess protocol of how to begin volunteering in that ministry area but the quickest one that everyone can do on their first day here is guest services. services. Anyone can smile and anyone can open the door. So that's really that first door. A military family comes and they sing or they have another gift or they wanna work with our youth. It's like, great, you gotta come here for six months so we get to know you, make sure in a sense you're spiritually mature enough to pour into our students or our kids or to stand on the platform. Uh, But until that time, we don't want you just kind of sitting in in the chairs or the pews join guest services. Yeah. And so then our guest services coordinator, Jill, kind of gets to know them, gets, you know, she's really great in discipling and figuring out people's spiritual gifts. And so then after their six months are up, she'll kind of report back to us, like, I think this person would be a good fit in kids' church. Or I think this person would be a good fit. Or they say they can
0: sing on the worship team. So then they go to those other ministry areas. And that's kind of neat because they were, they were guests just not too long ago. Right. Mm-hmm. So they, they easily connect with that.
2: And then again, the community groups. I mean, that's the other place, the serving and... Plug them in right away. It's a community.
0: You have a lot of people baptized. Is there anything you could say about your baptisms? Again, I
1: think it's just communicating it. You know, almost every Sunday we communicate the message of baptisms. And it's really, we communicate it as an act of faith because that's truly what baptism is. And so we just kind of remind our hopesters almost every single Sunday, whether through video announcements, uh, through some part in the service, at the end of service, that if you're here and you've given your life to Jesus, your next step is to be wild baptized. It's not something you have to think about. It's not something you have to even pray about. It's something you have to do because it's an act of obedience. And so we kind of tried to get rid of the excuses Mm -hmm. uh, for people and say that's simply your next step. You got saved. Your next step is water baptism,
0: and that's really a springboard for them in a lot of ways. Yeah, because then
1: we, you know, we put them through a baptism class that you know uh, Courtney, our kids director, kind of leads, or Jill will lead that one. And again, it's just another connection piece for them to get to know a staff member, for us to get to know their family, and then from that relationship, we're able to direct them where they need to get directed.
0: And and kind of just want you to speak now directly to someone who feels like. I think I'm supposed to do that someday. Uh, I don't feel qualified. I'm not sure. Uh, and, and, uh, And then as well as I have kids and I don't want them to become preacher's kids that fall off the map and you all have done a wonderful job with getting your kids to feel that vision too. But just talk to them a minute.
1: Yeah, real quick, let me just address the kids issue because I think really we've had great mentors in our life like you and Sharon and we see the legacy of the Walker family, you know, (laughs) and to see how you raise your kids and how all of your children love the local church. They love Jesus and they're either serving in a local church or on a staff in a local church somewhere. And so you guys are really an example for Jenny and I, and that's what we wanted for our girls. And so we just kind of uh, did what you guys kind of did or what we observed you guys do. And it was just love your kids, uh, you know, unconditionally, and just really uh, giving your children an opportunity just to be themselves and to, you know, when they wanted to serve, to serve, and if they didn't want to serve, they didn't serve. And so that's what we do with our girls, Um, you know, Luckily for us, they love Hope City. They love Jesus. You can tell
0: they love. They want to be around here all the time, (laughs) don't they?
2: (laughs) Yeah, they do. And I think, too, I think that's what you do when you involve, when it's a family. Like, your family, and you're the same person at home as you are at church, I think that's also a huge deal. Because then it's like, you want to be, you know, wherever your family is. And so, um, I think, too, having them just when we were with you guys, I mean, they were always at the church as well. And just a place they grew up loving because it was like home to them. Mm. And so, um And again, I think it was that freedom for them to be able to to roam and feel like it was their home. (laughs) I think that was part of what really, um, you know, made them feel like it's not just mom and dad's church. It's my church, too. And so I love that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And so if you're uh, out there and you're watching or listening to this and you feel that God has put in your heart this desire to plant a church, uh, I would say. Uh, just let that soak in your spirit for a while, you know, just kind of just seat that thing in the ground in prayer and prayer and prayer and prayer. Um, and then uh, once you feel that, you know. That is the direction that the Lord is leading you. Again, it would be wise to get some confirmation. You know, if you're married, make sure there's an agreement in your marriage. Uh, If you belong to a local church right now and you're under a pastor, make sure that pastor is in agreement with that as well and sees that call in your life. Uh, And if all those, those kind of what I would say, green lights happen to fall in place, then you just simply have to take that step of faith. Uh, you know, and that's really what our journey is all about. It's about faith. Uh, One thing that really kind of, you know, gave me such confidence uh, was something that Jesus told Peter. He told Peter, Peter, I'm going to build my church Mm. and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And so that really took the pressure off of me. Like I need to build the church. No, Jesus is building the church. He's just tapping me and you on the shoulder to saying, hey, Will you partner with me and let's go build this thing together? Wow. And that really took the pressure off of me trying to build the church and saying, you know what? God's faithful. He's put that call in our lives and we just need to trust him. And so, you know, Romans chapter eight twenty-eight says, For we know that in all things God works together for good to those who love him and who are called according to his purpose. Yeah. And if you are called according to God's purpose, Trust in Jesus and he will make it happen. Yeah. A little bit later from Romans eight twenty-eight, 28, uh, Paul says in Romans eight thirty-one, what should we say in light of this, right? If God works all things together uh, for good to those who are called according to his purpose, what then shall we say to this? If God is for us, who can be against us? And our response at Hope City is no, no one. one. <laughs> if God is for you. No one can be against you. Go out there yes. and plant that church with Jesus and uh, we're and praying And what
0: Jenny for said, don't be afraid of failure. That was pretty huge. I, yes, what, I thought yes. that what you said was just huge because you're going into the unknown. Right. Yeah. And right.
1: we, you know, we don't want to sugarcoat it, uh, obviously in this interview, you heard the highlights, but we have definitely walked through some low life and some very difficult seasons. I think one of the hardest things uh, for me is when you hurt somebody Mm. unintentionally, because it's going to happen. We're human beings. We're interacting with other human beings. And from time to time, you're going to offend someone somehow, you know, hopefully not on purpose, but you're going to cause offense somehow and sometimes that offense hurts them so much that they end up leaving the church and that has happened to us you know with several families and individuals and that has been the hardest thing uh, on me knowing that man i caused someone hurt or harm emotionally uh, and as a result of that they they left our church Mm. and so that just uh, breaks my heart Um, but again you know you just have to uh, you know, make sure you did all you could do on your end yeah. to make sure you tried to reconcile it or to make things right. And at the end of the day, if they still choose to leave, then again, you're trusting Jesus that, Lord, you're the one building the church. You're gonna bring, you give and you take away. Amen. And so uh, that's really given me a sense of peace with the hard part of leading and planting a church. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, just speak a declaration of prayer. Could you just pray over those? uh,
1: Absolutely. All right. So Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much, God. God, we thank you that from the very words of Jesus, you declared that you are going to build your church. And not even the gates of hell. Nothing is going to be able to stop you. Yes. And so, Father, we just thank you so much. Thank you for the men and women that right now you are planting that seed in their hearts. You are giving them an increase of faith and confidence and boldness that if they partner with you, God, that they can do uh the impossible, that they can establish a new ministry, that they can take a new territory or a new land for the kingdom of God, no matter where they are, whether it's here in the States, in the Philippines, in Mexico, wherever you're watching from, God wants to establish his church all over this world. And you and I get to be a part of it. So just trust in Jesus, just cry out to him Ask Him, Lord, give me the vision. Lord, give me the mission. Give me the core values Mm -hmm. and the culture that you want to establish in my neck of the woods, in my neighborhood, in my city, in my community, and in my country. And as God begins to reveal to you His plans, just have the confidence and the boldness to run with it. And as Jenny said earlier, our job is just to be faithful. Mm -hmm. Our job is just to do the little things day by day, day in and day out, and you leave the results Mm -hmm. to Jesus because he's way better with the results. So trust in him, do what only you can do, and trust God to do what only he can do. And in a few years, you'll look back and be amazed at what God has done in you and what God has accomplished through you. God bless you guys
0: Woo-hoo. and go Amen. and plant that church. Amen. Well, you Amen. got some gold today, and I just so excited uh, to deliver this message to you, receive it, and thank you for, for watching. Thank you, Johnny, Jenny, awesome. beautiful awesome. words. Thank you. Thank you.
1: Thank you for joining us for this episode of Pastor Dale's Leadership Podcast. It is our hope that you have been inspired in a great way. We encourage you
0: to stay tuned for future content. May God bless you richly.